Well, <laughs> the off season. I'm gonna try not to get off to too big of a tangent in the very beginning, because um, oh, part yeah. of the reason we did that J Cole episode was because so we didn't do tangents. Well, not that we didn't do tangents, but that we kept this one manageable and Succinct. to be fair, J Cole's career had a little bit more significance than Brock Hampton's, which we did kind of a very true. an album and background review, which. By the way, I believe we will be doing for our next episode, we'll be doing a little artist background and album coverage. Um, yes. We'll, we'll, we'll put that into one because, I mean, it's what her. That's her first. It's her first studio. album. It's her first studio album. Um, so as a little teaser for those of you maybe that aren't the biggest J. Cole fans or maybe aren't as into hip hop. Um, we cover other things, I swear. We cover other things and we will be covering the career thus far and studio debut release for Olivia Rodrigo and her album sour, which I have some very strong opinions about already. <laughs> wow. Um, I can't wait to get to especially, that. Especially. And a lot of it is going to be in comparison with some of her influences. I think dangerous. That's a dangerous game. I'm going to go dangerous game because no one listens to this yet. <laughs> so, so we it's, can. It's early enough to where I can really get some hot takes out there, and who knows? Maybe, maybe we video record that, put it on TikTok, see what happens. Boom! I'm sure I can get some some Swifties mad at me with the, with some hot takes. Oh man! If I'm you ready get for the it. Swifties I'm or the Barb's, I'm ready for it. Mad at you? You've you get you did something right. Listen, bro. We'll <laughs> we'll get into it when we get into it. But for now, we are going to be covering the off season by J Cole, and I guess a good place to start. Would probably be with the rollout. Yeah, that rollout was, you know, Cole always does his rollouts pretty well. He always does, and I honestly I wrote down notes and I didn't even fact check it. This is these are gut checks. That's all right. That's all right. I believe you. <laughs> these uh, are, I'm gonna believe you. These are gut checks, and if I'm wrong here, I'm only slightly off. Uh, I'm not even like way off. But anyways, he he's always done rollouts really well. Like Cole. It's very obvious that Cole pays attention to like what people say about him out there, right? Definitely. And what's going on in the world, not just from like a a social reform space, but like what are they saying on Twitter? Like what are they talking about right now? Like he's he, plugged in. He's 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 very much unplugged, but gets all of the information from the people around him, I feel like. Or he's just a lurker. I think he's a lurker. I think he might be a lurker. I think he's I think he's like childish Gambino where like he probably he has burner accounts where he's just a lurker and sees it all, but like doesn't do anything on mains. He doesn't even post on his lurker. He just sees it all. So, you know, I think he's got such a good way of rolling out music. Um, you know, I think for uh Forest Hills Drive, he did like a listening party in that house that's after he just, bought it. That's just crazy. Which is cool as shit with fans. By yeah, because he bought it. He bought it because his mom had moved out, right? So he bought it yeah. after or like right before the release of the album. Yep. That's yep. Right. And he he held a listening party there, which is cool with fans, by the way, not not just with a bunch of random artists. Right. Um, and I, I believe for Born Sinner, he was he was in New York and the like the Thursday or Wednesday before, I think he had like a pop up theater listening party with fans. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and he like brought a bunch of fans in there and they just like, got to hear the fucking album before anybody else. Um, he did. Did he do one more thing? Those are the two things that are off the top of my head. At least, But either way, basically, he's if he's going to roll out an album, he's going to let you know. 
he's he's gonna let you know. And it started with what the the interlude. Yeah, that was the first thing that came out. Yep. Um, and he said, yeah, the off season's coming. Yep. Uh, and then he, there were rumors about him joining a African basketball league. That's right. <laughs> Which he's now playing in. Exactly. In Rwanda? In, uh, no. Yes. Be Ghana or Nigeria. One of those three. I promise it's one of those three. We don't it's one of those more. three. <laughs> Rwanda, <laughs> Ghana, or Nigeria. It's one of those three. The, like, no, no, like, well, one of the big three. Well, <laughs> his career's over. He's what? playing for the Rwanda Patriots. Oh, that's an interesting name. Oh yeah, he's done. He's he left the he left Rwanda due to a family obligation, as he was only obligated to play a handful of games anyways, and totally scored five points, grabbed five bounds, and tallied three assists in forty five minutes. Hey, that's more than ninety nine point nine nine percent. Yeah, I mean, bro, honestly. Do. But damn, I can't imagine he was getting the rock that much either. No, but hey, rollout. The uh, rollout, though. Regardless. And I think he did the rollout pretty well. He, you know, he also hopped on like a couple podcasts. He did a, a freestyle on LA, LA Leakers. LA dude. Leakers I, think right? that, I think that was the best part of the rollout. I think that's yeah, what got yeah. people the most excited. That was heat. Because he, he rapped over the 95 till infinity. Yeah, the same shit he well. did on the warm up, right? Yep. Yep. So, yep. yeah, it was fire. He's bringing it full circle, and oh man, that line—the uh, no Bill Cosby shit. But if people's is sleeping, then fuck them. Holy shit! Jet Cole said, "How can I be that, offensive, witty, and one-liner?" That's once? disgusting. <laughs> that's like that. It, it reminded me of when Lil Dicky was on Sway, and he said something about. Next thing I'm gonna do is bend over Michelle Obama, and yes. I was just like, yep. "Why would yeah, you say that?" Like, first of all, hey, second yo. of all, <laughs> I love it. I love to see it. Hey, you're out of your mind for putting that out publicly, but yeah, that was a nice but bar. That, 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 was, that was pretty cool, though. That was a cool bar. So yeah, his his rollouts did well. That was a lot of attention he got, and I think you know. Even after KOD has been like what two years since KOD came out, yeah, or I think two that and was, a half. Yeah, because I think that was 2018. It was 2018, uh, and I think Interlude showed I'm back, bitch. It could go up, it could go down. I don't give a fuck. Don't give a fuck. Wait. And we'll talk more about that once we get to it in the order of the track list. But I thought that was a. It was weird when I saw the title interlude as yeah. the like rollout single. I, I thought I was gonna hear like a voice message or some shit. Yeah, I, I thought it was strange, but then once I heard it, I was like, "All right." Yeah. And it, and listening after listening to the whole album with that included, it it made sense. Made sense. It kind of it, it was a good preface. Um, but yeah, with that, do you want to maybe we'll throw on? Ooh. You know what? Maybe I'll play a little bit of the L.A. Leakers freestyle. I was about to say we should play the freestyle. I'll play a little bit of the L.A. Leakers freestyle for y'all before we get into the first track, 95 South. God, what? But for now, where's my mouse? I turned it off. For now, (laughs) here is J. Cole's L.A. Leakers freestyle. I got to give you all the one with the Bill Cosby verse, so. You got to get the Bill Cosby verse. Sorry, but. You're welcome. Here we go. Yeah, I'm sorry, but you're welcome. You fucking with this right here? Yeesh. Classic. Classic shit only, man. It's a classic. Oh LA Leakers. 
J. Cole. Uh. Woke up this morning and wonder, hey, shit, I get fresh and shit, I keep it humble. My closet like Dover Street used to be bumming. Some days I'm still bumming. The difference is now it's by choice. Got just a peek out the window. These little niggas different. They don't play Nintendo. They play with extendos. I hope you can limbo that chopper. Gonna spin you around like a judge on a voice. I'm from a city where most niggas never get lucky enough to see something outside county limits. I ran up the ditches. I don't have no motherfucking business. Complain about nothing. Ain't got no time and no patience for lists. They be making a who they debating. It's better. Let's face it. He one of the greatest. No Bill Cosby shit. But if niggas is sleeping, then fuck right. Most niggas don't understand me. I don't do the Grammys. I be in my jammies on so most niggas don't understand me, Ferrari or Camry, I bet I look good in them both Most niggas don't even get this, go how you on top, but you don't got no bitches, I know Most niggas don't even get this, to giving a chance, they trade family for riches, I know Look at my ceiling, it's endless, I'm sick of these bitch niggas feeling the symptoms It ain't enough vitamin C in they system to get rid of me, I'm a killer, relentless On top of that, I sound like I'm still in the trenches, I come from the villa, I turn villains to victims Reaches the R.I.P. fill up your missions, a message for niggas that's feeling ambitious How come a nigga still ain't into this pride? Ah, you bitch, off season coming May 14th, fuck all y'all niggas, it's over for it he was about to, I, dude, I oh god, all right, we gotta get into this album, man. That just <laughs> that just pumped me up. Pump you up. So you're welcome, first of all. <laughs> and then sorry if you're offended. And then but, sorry, but you're welcome. But you're welcome. Uh and now we'll get into 95 South. Man. Which kicks off this project. What a track. I mean, I didn't, I really didn't think the first thing I'd hear on J. Cole's newest album is fucking camera. (laughs) Fucking kill a cam. Kill a cam. Honestly, that's, you know, before you even talk about it, this is like one of his most well crafted songs, in my opinion. This whole thing, this entire track seems so well thought out. I'm surprised it's not on fucking like the fall off. This is uh honestly, I get that because I can't believe he took out his little John sample and put it in the first track. Exactly. Oh. I you know, it's funny cuz I don't think I think the first time I heard Put Your Hood Up was not the little John version. It was from like some weird fucking like punk goes pop or punk goes rap albums and it was one of the weirdest fucking songs i've ever heard but it still goes hard as hell it's it still banged and then i heard the little john version shortly after and was like, like okay yeah, yeah okay this is a real song <laughs> that makes a lot of sense i'll have to show you that song at some point um but good god yeah i agree yeah. wholeheartedly this is such a such like a well-designed banger it is it's like someone had the blueprint <laughs> and like, that was like all right well that looks pretty good but i can make it better yeah that's what it felt like happened and just stitched it together for this entire track it felt like he you know they they did the song at first like they had the beat and then at some point they were like but this could be better but then they kept going but this can be better well 95 south i'm talking about from new york to to fayetteville so what you know what would make this well, in New York, there's there's killer camp, so I'm gonna get Cameron on it. What's down south? I, I got little John. I'm like, that's so fucking crazy. He covers all the bases. I mean, let let's keep it tall. Y'all ain't fucking with my man, <laughs> dude. Do you know how cool that is to have that on your track? Like Cameron, Cameron is one of those your favorite rappers' favorite rapper, right? 
Right. And for Cole to like have him both a on the track in the first place representing New York, which is what he wanted to do. That's the other side in 95 South. That's the north side of it. But to also be bigging him up that way is crazy. It is absolutely insane. And I think that I think this track really sets the tone for the whole the whole album. As if Interlude didn't already. <laughs> no, but, but like this was different from to the, hear. From the very first verse, you know, like Cole is not gonna tell you how to live your life. He's not going to uh tell you about the first time he got horny in math class. <laughs> Cole is gonna tell you Fuck everything you've been tweeting about for the last two years. I'm gonna fuck all of your shit up. And drop some of the craziest bars you've heard Come on. since COVID hit the block. Could put an M run on your head, you, you Luigi's brother, brother now. Come on, Go. man. <laughs> Yo, rap. I'll pull back the ace out first. Look, I don't care. That delivery was crazy. He didn't even like let you simmer on it. He kept going after nah, that, that. That was kind of mean. I'm not gonna lie. I felt personally attacked by that. I wish he had I wish he had at least given me time. You know, at least break into the chorus after that bar. At least, <laughs> at least give me time to Super. to recover. But then it immediately follows up with trace my steps all in this game. You can see we cover ground <laughs> yeah. back and forth from NC to New York when Jeezy had the crown. When Jeezy Shout had out Jeezy. the fucking crown. Shout out Jeezy, one of the openers at a, or no came on came on stage when I saw Chance at the Tabernacle Lucky back in son, uh, back in 2014. Yo, yeah, this this track is masterful. I mean, before even like my favorite bars, I think I noticed as I was like listening to it, I was like, this this all seems so purposeful. So halfway through, he switches the beat up slightly and he changes his flow. Right. And I think that's like because it starts off very New York. Yep. It's it sounds like a New York kind of like old school New York. Yeah, there's like that horn that really accentuated horn backing with like the driving hi-hats it's 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 not this like bass that hangs around it's very punchy and kind of hits you and then is all of a sudden gone exactly and then halfway through he switches it well he doesn't actually really change the beat that much he just changes how the beat like follows through at the end of each bar it changes from like Ending on an upbeat to ending on a downbeat mm-hmm. for the second half, and he switches up his flow. He switches up his flow, and he turns the energy he up. He goes crazy, bro, bro. I, I don't think I've ever been more scared of J Cole. In a way, when he said "Krispy Kreme dreams," sometimes my dogs want to kill twelve. I believe him. Come on, I believe it. If I was a cop, I'd quit. <laughs> I'd quit. <laughs> Yo. Can't be around that man. As if there aren't, as if there weren't enough reasons already. I quit. <laughs> My yeah, the whole thing is great. Could blow your nose off, and then gazoon tight, <laughs> and then zoom flight. Shout out Frau Holog, German, <laughs> German one and two, baby. Let's go gazoon height. That means bless you. <laughs> I'm educated, baby. This man was born in Germany. You think got, he's not gonna slip in the German? I got two degrees. <laughs> Yo, and my fa- honestly, my favorite part is like that little when he switches a beat and he changes the flow. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> the come on. I don't know how you. Uh, I I can't imagine there's anyone in the world that would turn this album on, hear that first song, and then turn the album off. I, this is like as good as it gets when it comes to a Cole intro track. Come on. I think probably in terms of what this album is. 
which is basically Cole saying, fuck you. I'm a, I'm going to hype your shit up with just about every track. Oh yeah. I think this is about as perfect of an intro as it gets. It's, I literally could not think of a better way to intro this album. Yeah. And also a fantastic way to follow it up with Amari. Oh, dude. You know what I've noticed? <laughs> Honestly, hearing that, it doesn't mean anything until you've heard the song. But once you, like, when I first heard it, I was like, what is he doing? Why do I hear, like, it does, he's not even filtering his voice for this? Ba-da-ba? Like, he's not. No, it needs to be that way. And it makes you so, like, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth listen, that ba-da-ba is hype. Ba-da-ba. <laughs> so good, bro. And the music video that he put out for this track. Yeah. That fucking like tan that I every time I see a tan suit like he was wearing. Nah, he was fly. I think of like Fox News blowing up Obama for wearing the tan, tan suit that one tan time. Tan suit. So every time I think of it, I'm like, ooh, that's especially clean. Bro, and he was wearing it with the hat and everything, and he goes, Give me any money, Mo. I was like, He This is a, looked this is the thing right clean, I man. Like, bro, I know I would look lame as shit in that, but I'm gonna buy it anyway. <laughs> no, um, Amari's great. I've noticed that for most, I will say, like casual Cole fans that I've talked to about this album, mm-hmm. Amari is their favorite track. That's what I've noticed. For people, that, for people that are like really, like really, really into hip hop or really, really into Cole, it's it's not. And I don't even know what their answer is. I just know like all the people who are like, yeah, listen to Cole sometimes. I think that's a very tough thing about this album is it's so hard for me to pick. A favorite track. I don't think I can pick one. Oh, I've got one. Don't worry. All right, I've, we'll get there eventually. We'll get there. We'll but get there. It's not Amari. Amari's great. Don't don't get it fucked up. <laughs> Twisted. <laughs> yeah, no. but I I love the like. It was like I I made it out the slums. I made it out the mud kind yep. of song. You know. Yep. And and it's just such a. I think what J Cole did especially well on this album is finding the pocket on every beat. Every I think time. I haven't heard these flows in any of his other projects really now Mm-mm. when I think about it. Um, so like he was so good at finding the pocket and this beat especially I think was so smooth. It still had this bump to it, but it it had this kind of ride to it almost. It was... I said that weird. It had a ride to it. Pause. It had a ride to it. <laughs> no, you're right because I... I literally in my head, I was like, this is one of the smoothest hooks that a rapper could do where he raps and it sounds smooth as fuck. This shit is butter. He was sliding on that shit. You know what might be the magic ingredient now that I look at my notes? What's up? The flute. I think when you put a flute in a rap song, (laughs) something about that. And it's not it's not super forward. Like when he's rapping, it kind of takes a back seat in the beat itself, but it's like an underlying smoothness. I think something about that just kind of gets people <laughs> like riding with it. I don't know. Like hip hop and rap songs with flutes in them. Oh, are they smooth? Feds oh, did yeah. a sweep, by the way. If you, if you, I'm sure you've heard the song, but like it's like a beautiful, like. Indian uh, like sample like the song is like some Indian or Bollywood-esque song that they sample from Mm -hmm. and it's great the beat is amazing but anyways you're probably right I'll have to revisit that the flute might touch a little on the beat I think it's something about that and I think this this is also 
and I didn't, I really didn't realize this until I was going through Genius looking at kind of like the lyrical breakdown of every song. It's really a lot of these, a surprising amount of these are a chorus or like a bridge at the very beginning, J. Cole's verse, and then some kind of outro or or repetition of the chorus or something like that. Like he is really just like giving you a little prelude, going yep. off, and then giving you a little time to settle down with an outro. Yep. I yeah, he and he does it so so well. And he really does. Um, I mean, some of the standout lines from the dude, just when he goes, when he kind of breaks his cadence and hits us with that and winners was cold. Yes. Dude, yes. You, could see, you could like hear him like trying his hardest to get <laughs> to that range that and get to that specific pitch. note. Like. Those winners must have been so goddamn cold. <laughs> Freezing. Holy shit. Because he's still shivering <laughs> as he's singing. And that man, I saw the music video. He was in like four fucking jackets. Okay? Oh my God. That man was bundled and he was still cold. Yeah. Also, the line, the line, want smoke, homie don't choke, I'm a whole fucking nicotine company. Crazy. And you know what? Some, this man had. Jewel Podge, J. Cole. <laughs> this man had so many great features in 2018 and 2019. We've learned you don't want smoke. I, although no name went there, and I think came out ah. pretty okay. I think she came out okay. Well, of, of all the people to, that that could go at J Cole and come out, it, it was like Vietnam. There was no clear winner. Exactly, and there was it was only because there was subject matter they were focused on, not each other. Yeah. A hundred percent because no name is like so ingrained in the like she's so fucking educated. It's insane. Yeah. I would never want to debate against no name on anything, even if it was like, I think the sky is blue and she, <laughs> she thinks it's green. Yo, she's she will got win that no, argument eventually. She talk about notes for notes. That lady's got notes that, all day. That lady would, if, if she were, God forbid she ever listens to this podcast because <laughs> She would have notes on our notes on the notes on notes. We'd be decimated. I would be dead. I'd be dead. But shout out to name. I love, I love especially the song Ace. The song, the song Ace was Smino uh, and Saba. So good. Anyways, Amari slaps. Amari slaps. Amari man. slaps. And with that, we will get into what I like to call a lot part two. A lot part two. So In I, my life. It has to be like a similar sample, right? It is. It is. And I, I'm, I, I didn't even check because I, I feel confident that if it's not similar, then they made it close on purpose. One thing I do want to say, though. So there's two people on this track with Cole. There's Moray and there's Oh, yeah, Young Savage. Maury, baby. And I will say, so I didn't know who that guy was until January of this year when his song for Quicksand, like, went viral on um, on Twitter and, and probably TikTok and other platforms mm -hmm. because they were comparing him to Rod Wave, right? Rod Wave had Ooh. just like blown up and okay. he was also a big guy doing like sing-songy choruses right. and Quicksand came out. Bend a chip with a quicksand and a big and a big man. Like it was a beautiful chorus and song, right? And I was like, damn, this dude's good. He's got like raw talent. Like he, he can make a song. Um, and then I remember reading a comment that was like, oh, yeah, this guy is from Carolinas. He's from Fayetteville. And I was like, 
Cole is going to work with him. I don't know how or when, but Cole will work with him. It just made sense. Lo and fucking behold. Cole doesn't pass up talent that's local. Oh, sure. And I, I honestly had never heard of this guy um, until this song. Really? And then I checked out some of, some of his other stuff, some of the stuff that he's been featured on. I didn't even realize that he was featured on Quicksand. No, uh, Quicksand is his song. Or, or that's right. That's yeah. Right. That, that, <laughs> I didn't even realize Quicksand was his song. Oh, so you've heard Quicksand before. Oh, yeah. But oh, yeah, that's, that's the music video where he's just like, he's, in, he's, he's just in the, the hood, just like yeah. giving his homies bottles and shit. Yeah. He yeah. just like looks like he's having a fucking ball. Such a great song. It, it gave me such um, rumor. RMR, the dude that did Rascal. What's that? Have you not heard Rascal? No, am I sounding ignorant? Right now? Real quick, we're gonna put a pause on our <laughs> oh shit review of my life, and we're gonna we're actually gonna watch the music video of Rascal. So uh, here is Rascal by Rumor, spelled R M R. I put on that old song that we dance to, and then I head back to the trap. It's not much of change. I've been hurt and fucked up too many years ago. Hoping I could come off quick along the broken road. Well, I hustled and found a plug. From the extra, show me love. Now I'm flexing in a wreck. They hating on me too. And every sleepless night Led me to where I am Bitches that broke my heart They became hoes that scam Show me a better way Promise I'll quit this game This much I know it's true I came up and so could you Fuck the boys in blue. Fuck them all. Fuck 12, fuck 12. Now it's resumed. Fuck 12, fuck 12. I had it on pause instead of stop. Yeah. Um, God damn, we just went down a rabbit, a rabbit hole. Yeah. Um, so we left off talking about Murray. rumor. Yeah. And uh, yeah. we just kept going with that. Yeah, evidently Rumor is one of the most talented people I've ever heard in my life. Uh, and I didn't know that until 10 minutes ago. Yeah, so, so y'all should check out Rumor. Anyways, uh, My Life. My Life. 21 Savage. A lot part two. A lot part two. Um, How many bangers you got? A lot. Uh, apparently. <laughs> like, good lord. Um, they are literally... I mean, it's two for two, but these two for twos, they're 10 out of 10. The... This album didn't didn't really give you a break. In the first one, two, three, four, five. In the first twelve tracks, which <laughs> is the entirety of the album, it really didn't give you a break. And something when this released, it didn't say featuring Twenty One Savage. I know it didn't. When this released, it really? looked like a no feature album. Oh, so when I first listened to this and I very much stayed up till midnight and listened to the whole project through and through, I, I took my studio reference headphones and took them into bed, which is a very rare occurrence. 
Okay. Um, but when when I heard Twenty One Savage come on, I was like, "Yeah, that makes sense." Yeah, this is heat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it makes sense, and I could not be happier about it. It was so great, and I love what Twenty One brings to like these tracks with J Cole, which is like, you know, still introspective, vulnerable truths, but like, it's almost like the others like it's like what j cole stepped away from yeah it's like it's like if j cole instead of like solely focusing on music he had decided to like gangbang for a little bit exactly decided to focus on music because i think that's a that's the thing 21 gets overlooked a lot or he gets overlooked when it comes to his like depth because I mean, even in, like, this verse alone, you can tell, like, he's rapping about some real shit. I mean, he literally... Real shit. He, he literally dropped a bar about, um, I let that K go when when Johnny died. He's he's talking about the time when his, his homie Johnny got shot in the head and died, and he himself was shot six times and almost died from blood loss. That, like... That's cr- like what? crazy. Exactly. It's It's truthful. But they're still good bars. Like, <laughs> come Dude. on. Okay, the we're we're kind of skipping over J Cole's verse, which we maybe are. we'll talk about in a second. But I cannot believe the line about um, "I got a good heart, so I send, I send teddy, teddy bears, bears every time we make, make the mamas, mamas cry. cry." Dude, come on. That. That's Your heart is not good for that. <laughs> it's it's way worse. Yo, it's way worse. Yo, that's that's, that's like one of the that's like craziest the craziest bars on this album. That's like you're dating a girl, right? And some and she cheats on you with some guy, and he's like, "All right, well, I'm a good guy, so I'm gonna send him a fruit basket." Oh my god! Fuck off! Just <laughs> get out of my life forever. 21 that's a cold bar dude that that's just mean man spread love spread love yeah but like it, that I want mean, Nick Jenkins song <laughs> but I, I think it just goes to show like 21 is he's that man like I'm he's scared of 21 Savage word up his I British ass I would <laughs> I would never swing on anyone affiliated with 21. I feel like I would die. I would hate him to hit me with the, hello, mate, and then pop, pop, pop. <laughs> For anyone who doesn't He's know. He's probably got was. one of the, <laughs> one of the, one of the Revolutionary War era muskets on his, on his hip Yo, at all times. He time. reload that shit in two minutes. You better be gone. And you know that shit always loaded, so he better not miss. You better <laughs> Yo. You better not miss her. You wait another three minutes. For, for anyone who doesn't know, 21 Savage is, uh, you know, an Atlanta rapper where we found out through him being arrested that he's British? Question mark. Shout out Gwinnett. Gwinnett's got some talent growing there. Gwinnett, it's too big for us not to have talent. Exactly. That's that's a cheat code. Just make it big as shit and you can say everyone's from there. Exactly. Anyways, uh, uh, yeah, 21 Savage absolutely killed this verse. J. Cole, of course. It's Cole, so Cole does what Cole does. And the chorus was great. Moray did amazing. I agree. I agree. He stepped up to the fucking plate. And I'm glad that they ended the track with his chorus and they just kind of let the beat fade out at the end and just kind of let that sit. 
I did too. I also, um, I'm going back to J. Cole's verse here, but just the John Morant, I'm on my Grizzly. I'm on my Grizzly. Yeah, that was one I of my favorite. I, I love that, not because it's like overtly clever, no. but just because I love John Morant. <laughs> I love John Morant, dude. I think he's so exciting to watch. And... Honestly, I think this line, this that bar works because Cole like delivers it with energy. For sure. Chamaran, sure. I'm on my grizzly. He puts it. He puts it on a different level, and the beat kind of drops out from under him when he says that. So it's full front and center. It is amazing. I, I, I it's such a great track. Honestly, my, I, I feel like I'm struggling to find things to talk about almost in this pod because half of these tracks are just like amazing. One, it's not that deep, and two, like. Just listen to it and you'll get what we're what we're saying. Like it's just hype. <laughs> which which leads us into applying pressure. Uh oh my god. Hey, by the way, uh this is my favorite song. This is your favorite song. Applying pressure is my favorite song. Wow. And here's the thing: it almost doesn't even have to do with the bars or the beats of the lyrics. It's the energy that exudes from this song, which is very obvious. Definitely you- accentuated by the outro that he gives. That that is like ninety percent of why I love this song is the outro. I I think the outro entirely summarizes, similar to what I was saying earlier, but like with the interlude setting the tone for the album being basically like a fuck you I'm a rap. Exactly. The outro was like I will literally tell you. I'm not gonna rap it. I'm just gonna tell you and speak it to you so that you can hear me clearly. People say that I can't rap, and now I am going to rap. And I'm telling you I can rap. I'm showing you. I just rap and showing you. So, And here's one of my favorite things about applying pressure, right? It's a simplistic beat. This is a beat for Cole to fucking rap his ass off. And I think we talked about it. This is like, it feels like a rap battle. It feels like a freestyle. You know what I mean? It doesn't feel like this was a song. This feels like Cole was like, hey, yo, put that beat on. Yeah, let me yeah. feel that for a second, and then wrap my ass off. Yeah, a hundred percent. And we were we were talking about this during one of the breaks, but that's almost like what this entire album, to a certain extent, feels like is it's a freestyle album. Oh yeah, which is why a lot of the tracks open up with a little something something. Then you get one verse from Cole, and then it ends with a little something something, and then you're on to the next one. Exactly. He's almost. He says, "Give me the hardest beat you have. I've got something written. I'm gonna go in. I'm gonna." Put it down. Lay that we'll mix shit. it later, but I'm, <laughs> yes. I'm gonna just go, and we're gonna make it a song. He's gonna go fucking off. I mean, look, I, I'm I'm obsessed he with just it. Starts so well too. Oh my god, <laughs> applying pressure started my grind where crime festers and not and- show like they in they second trimester. Pregnant. <laughs> Yo, this is a great fuck. Hey, by the way, my latest speeches sound like they was released by the David East. And he was in the music video. He was video. in the music video. Come on, bro. Yo, I love you, me some Come on. Like, the pull you have to go to New York and shoot a video and be like, yo, Davies, I, I, I had a bar about you. What you doing? Nothing. All right, cool. Come on. Be in the video. Get out of here, J. Cole. J. Cole's crazy. Why you gotta I, do us like that? Look, personally, I, I will easily say... The, the biggest attraction to me and why this is my favorite song is like 90% that outro, like that whole like yeah. 45 second minute long. And I personally like I'm a competitive person by nature, but I don't usually exude it. But like when I feel challenged, when I like really feel like someone like 
truly believes not like okay we're walking in the parking lot and you're like oh get to the car fast and you i don't give a fuck right get there right but when you really look at me and if you in that situation you were like yeah no way you could beat me to the car my man i'm tying my laces up and i'm sonic the speed racer you're not gonna let anyone check your pride like are you shitting me not even close so like that whole thing and let me just quickly say if you see devon in person don't challenge him to a physical confrontation of any kind don't challenge him to a physical you'd uh, have to be (laughs) you'd have to be a pretty fucking big dude to look at me and then be like yeah i got him (laughs) i kind of want to race you now (laughs) i just want to do like a quick hundred meters a quick hundred quick hundred you might have a bum ankle so we'll have to wait another two months but we'll figure it out quick hundy you might catch me i don't know it's it's cutting season summer's coming up i'm i'm dropping some lbs right now see i'm I uh, I literally never exercise, so I'm very lightweight. So I just uh, I, I cut through the wind. You can you can I'm move. Very aerodynamic, especially since I cut my hair. <laughs> you got to get the speed on it. I do. Uh, look, but, I, know, I I love this. I, I love this too because it's it was the first kind of breakaway from the like harder the, hitting beats. I feel like where it kind of got into more like a funkier. J Cole always likes to get in the groove of things, and I feel like yeah. this one kind of kind of restrained itself and just let him kind of sink into the beat and be the main focus as opposed to heavy hitting, you know, well, I guess Amari isn't super heavy hitting, but the instrumental more took a backseat in this track. Than yeah. It, it, it let the rap shine more than anything. Um, I mean, to, yeah, I'm just, I just adore that ending. Like it's yeah. <laughs> the, like the passion behind it is shit. I've felt before. Like, I'm I'm not one to go like oh I go hard every second all the time to show people but like the moments I've been challenged I'm I'm a <laughs> have you ever step seen step up to the plate yeah have you seen that Cam Newton like little like gif or video like I, I don't remember what it was I believe it was a playoff game where Cam Newton someone scored on him with like a minute 58 left and they were down by a touchdown mm-hmm. and the camera's on Cam Newton and he looks at it he's got a towel around his neck and he literally just nods and goes all right. I haven't seen that, but you haven't seen that. Maybe, shit before? maybe I have. You've just probably passing, seen, but but yes, that's yeah. me. It's like okay, it's game time, and you're challenging me. All right, and I loved it. And Do I feel it. I feel like this album is just a response to it anyone exactly. that talks shit about Kod, and he was basically like, okay, I'm gonna sit in the back for a little bit. The no name thing happened. He was like, okay, these motherfuckers are really gonna want something, huh? And then he just said, I'm gonna go off on. Every single goddamn song, and it ends. And I thought I thought it was MLK at first, but I wasn't for sure. So I wanted to to make sure I was right. Um, which he did before the March on Washington. That's the one. Which <laughs> I I guess I shouldn't have been surprised. It wasn't surprising. It was wait, interesting wait, wait, that wait, wait, he paired it with this song. I agree. It was interesting that he paired it with the song. Um. <laughs> But once I guess once you look at the con the context and and kind of dig into what MLK was saying, makes some, it, it makes some sense. Sometimes you just it gotta was still do it. every time I think of someone sampling MLK, I can't help but think of David Guetta splicing in some MLK into his like rooftop Dubai show shortly after the murder of George Floyd. And him saying, like, this goes out to George Floyd's family. We are here with you. We stand with you. 
plays an MLK sample and then drops like a dubstep beat. Mm. Have you not seen that? No. I don't think I want to show it to you in the middle of the pod. That's, that's got to be the definition of the poor vibe. taste. Oh, it was so bad. Actually, I, I think I am going to show you uh, <laughs> once we get to our next break. Um, but yeah, but in this context, I think it was pretty well well played out. Um, it was. I I mean, I, I just... Sometimes you got to come through and just do it and level that in front of their face that they do it. And they, they look at you like, damn, I never be able to do it just like that. I, and, he, and he really did. The energy like on that. that. He the, really the, did do it like Shout that. out. The only like two shout out lyrics I got are uh, a have more M's than a Slim Shady video than a real That's Slim a Shady video. Bar. That's a crazy bar because the real Slim Shady video had a lot of. In the previous bar, he said, I just started counting my net worth. You know how much money you have to have, how much wealth you have to have to start counting? Dude, yeah. For for context, for me to check my net worth is two apps on my phone. Takes about 45 seconds, minute most. Can I just say that uh, there's no fucking way J. Cole just checked his net worth. That motherfucker is, he <laughs> yeah. had a song about fucking taxes in his last shit. He's been he knows in. to the penny exactly <laughs> how much he's worth. So, J. Cole, stop capping. <laughs> yeah, you didn't just casually know, I, on a Tuesday. I, I, yeah, I know you said, I know you said in this, in this track, you know, ain't nothing wrong with living check to check as most have to. Like instead of capping, why don't you talk about being a broke rapper, J Cole? Why don't you t- why don't you talk about how often you check your net worth? Because I'm sure it's daily. It's, come on, come on, bro. If you're worth that much, <laughs> if a stock goes down one percent, you're checking. Yo, Cole is like, hey, yo, what's going on over there? <laughs> come on, bro. We know you're a businessman. You literally run Dreamville. But my only other standout bar was uh, the the nerd bar, the, the the bar that spoke to the nerds. Hideo Kojima. Come bar. on, big boss, less Rick Ross, more like wavy Hideo Kojima. <laughs> For anyone that doesn't know, Hideo Kojima uh, is a big video game producer that made the Metal Gear Solid games that have spanned across about two decades in the video game yeah. era um, or in the video game uh, history. So he's very legendary. So. For a little, a little nerd like me that's been playing video games since he was like five, that was that was pretty sweet. It's funny because my main exposure to Hideo Kojima is through... Do you ever watch Video Game Donkey on YouTube? Of course I do. From, his, from his Death Stranding review. <laughs> where he's like, this is the first strand type game. I even added it to your notes. I put a comma and then I put Death Stranding comma the first strand type game. Holy shit, you did. <laughs> I love me some video game donkey, bro. Yo, donkey's great. And sometimes you get in a motorcycle. I love that people thought he was black for the longest time. It's I, like the I anti-demon. really did. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, donkey is an anti-demon. Oh, I love that. You found your... Uh, is it His dad, by the way, if you didn't know, is um, George Costanza. Video game donkey's dad? Yes. You're lying. No, On you're lying. Everything. You're lying. Isn't that bro. the wildest connection? No, you've you're heard? lying, I'm dude. Straight up. No, 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 no. How do you know this? How do you know this? I've, I've been following. I've, I've been following. No, there was like one stream he had where uh, he popped in, like not video, but you like heard his voice, and and Costanza. I don't even know the, re- the actor's real name. I never remember. Um, but yes. 
That is you're lying straight up. I've been following Donkey for about Jason Alexander. There's no absolutely. I'm blowing your mind. Hey, for the people that think I don't, I don't have no, I I got notes in the brain. All right. So he was in. All right, we. we, I gotta move past this. (laughs) I'm gonna hold this up forever, trying to fact check this. Um, If that's true, anyways, punch in the clock is the next track. (laughs) Punch in the clock. Shout out Dame Dollar, man. I hope. I hope. I hope. Who are they playing in the playoffs right now? Nothing. Yeah, they're playing the Nuggets. Um, they should win. Uh, nuggets are pretty nice. No, this Nuggets year. will win. N- nuggets, nuggets are pretty nice. I, I said that, but Nuggets they are nice. They have, in my opinion, the NBA MVP. You think so? Nikola Jokic. No, I know who you're talking about. Yep. You. Most consistent all year. One of the better teams. It can't be Steph. They didn't make the playoffs. That's true. Who else would it be? LeBron is. Still LeBron. LeBron is scraping by the Suns. I, I don't think... Anyways, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> look, look, look. I have stuff to say about that, but I get this isn't a sports podcast, yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I truly think that LeBron, LeBron is not... LeBron can't be the MVP this season. You just wait till like second, third, fourth round. That's all I'm saying. No, he can't, but it's <clears> a regular season <throat> award. Oh, the no. Yeah, you're right. The no, the no. Yeah, yeah, I don't think they take the playoffs into NBA MVP conversation. I mean, if if we were if we were let's turn this into a basketball podcast real quick. <laughs> if we were being realistic and honest about LeBron's career, he would have at least double the MVPs he has now. Exactly. He he would have been MVP for like the last ten years. Yeah, easily. Because and obviously if you have LeBron James on your team. You're going gotta to be the in the playoffs. And you're gonna be in the finals, and you've got a shot. You've got like a seventy percent chance like of it's winning. Just <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, yeah, LeBron, sure, but the no, media not- fucking hates giving LeBron any credit when it comes to like voting and shit like that. Exactly, there and I think it's a spread the wealth mentality. Like, wh- what's it gonna look like if we just made the same guy MVP for seven years straight? Jordan should have probably had it more MVPs than he did. Jordan probably should have too. Yeah, but absolutely. Jordan. That's what finals MVPs are for. <clears throat> exactly. And that he's won a lot of times. All right. And we digress from and the we sports, digress. From Anyways, sports podcast. Um, um, <laughs> punch in the clock. I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a let you shoot this off. Do you want another beer? Sure. But I'm going to grab one. Punch in the clock that I, I liked, man. It was, it was a solid song. I, I'm going to be honest. I never paid too too much attention to a punch in the clock and i don't mean didn't pay attention as if like i didn't listen to it i mean they were just other tracks that were so stand out that like i either kind of laissez-faire listen to punch in the clock or i was rushing to other tracks that i was more interested in yeah i think it, i think it's a lot because i think that is true for a lot of people I think the instrumental on this is a lot different than most of this album. Uh, I think it feels a lot more. This feels like something he should have released literally in COVID, like with that that yeah. two pack, like with Snow on the Bluff. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's almost the strings give it this like weird Ooh. kind of uneasy yeah, feeling to it. Yeah, it does. Um, it does. And it's the first breakaway from kind of these like up tempo get hype songs and it's 
I mean, he's still rapping like it's one of those tracks. Of course. Um, and I do like the beat. I will say that I like the beat. I like the instrumental. It's like this nice steady bass with some rim shots. The, the, the strings and the saxophone are constantly fading in and out. And I, I, I like the energy. It just, I don't know if it fit in as well with the rest of this project. It didn't. And more specifically, if it was going to be in this project, project, I'm not sure if it should have been here. Yeah. I'm not sure if it should have been here, but it's, probably it's close good. to the end. Like if he releases as like a single as a lead up to this, that would have been great. Yeah. Like back on top, punching the clock, cushion sanity. Like the Crib, flow got more cribs than habitat, habitat for, for humanity. humanity shit profound. We probably gained more profanity. Like I hate you, J. Cole. <laughs> Stop doing this. He's so good. You're a criminal at this point. So fucking good. But you're right. It didn't match the tone this should have been the fucking interlude this 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 would have been an interlude you know what i mean and when you and by the way when you frame when you frame something as an interlude you do something different to that whatever track that is if you think about it you could almost just take out the the dame dollar samples not samples i guess but the dame dollar excerpts from the first and last part of the track and just make that the interlude just have it straight Damian Lillard speaking over an instrumental. That, that would be pretty hard that'd have been in clean. and of itself. That would have been clean on it. That being uh, said, I still think I, this is a pretty good song. I, it's I, still a great I can't song. Fick, I, I can't fick. I can't pick a least favorite track out of this album. I think this is closer to the bottom for me. Um... You know what? I think that says something about this album. Yeah. I think we're on And a- we will get I, I wanna ask you at the end of this um at the end of this episode where you think this ranks. If oh. we were to do our ranking again from last week. But include But uh, include the this album, where would it where would it rank? So we'll we'll get to that at the end. Um but yeah, I, I have a hard time picking a least favorite track and I think I just think it's really solid. He, he, he raps about some real shit. I mean, he's talking about a dude that he saw being killed in front of him because he was basically, like, flexing too much and people got tired of him bragging. Yep. Like, for as much as people think that this might strictly be a J. Cole braggadocious album, kind of, like, flexing constantly, just there's, saying, like, on the shit, he's still, like... There's vulnerability he here. He still puts some real shit in there, man. Yeah. And that's what makes J. Cole the best because he can do that and still get off some amazing bars all in one fell swoop. 100%. 100%. And with that, do you want to give him a little taste of Punch on the Clock before we get into the second half of this album? I do. All right. We'll give you all a little taste of Punch on the Clock by J. Cole. And then when we come back, we will talk to y'all about the second half. Part two. Cool, cool. It ain't nothing I want more. Ain't nothing I want more. I, ain't, I told you when I first came here, I said I ain't come here to waste my time. I came here. They gave us a chance to get in like we asked for, and that's that's what we're here to do. Yeah, nigga, two six. 
job still ain't Straight done, up. but I, I said, you, you know what I'm here for. Back on top, punching the clock, clutching sanity. I got more cribs than Habitat for Humanity. Shit profound, we propagating more profanity. Paid off collections for recollections of calamity. The shit pop off, I learned to duck under the canopy. Till it cool off, they murked a nigga right in front of me. Told him to come off his chain for trying to floss. Died over a cross, just like the start of Christianity. When I was a boy, the teacher often reprimanded me. As you know. And that leads us to 100 mil, which for some reason I've heard a lot of hate on. That's crazy to me. Maybe it's... Hey, honestly, that's got to be like straight up haterade. I don't know, because I've I've heard it from a few people. And I think the auto-tune at the very beginning comes on a little strong. And it might turn people off to the track as a whole. I don't know. Why? That's... I don't know, because it, it felt very modern. I, maybe it was just because it did strike me as a little odd when I first, when in the track first played. I was like, okay, J. Cole and his auto-tune bag. That's not something I'm very used to. Um, but it's just, I, it's it's hype, man. It gets me back in that mindset. Like, I'm ready to go. Exactly. One of the millions throw on a grind. Like, I adore those kind of reminders for myself you know what i mean oh yeah like that's i I really like this song both from a messaging standpoint and of course it's j cole on this album so it's fucking fire but like the i don't even know if i call it a chorus but like we said like he opens up with like a pseudo chorus or really he has like all these songs are like bridges and then Basically, he raps yeah. and then back to bridges. They're not really like choruses, except for maybe my life. Either way. But it opens up with that. Um and he goes in. And I, I love that little like bridge, like Yeah, because even in this track, technically he only he still only has a verse. I mean, according One. to Genius, it's the pre chorus, the chorus, the verse, pre chorus, chorus. Okay, he's got a verse two, quote unquote, but it's four bars. Yeah, exactly. It's 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 literally nothing. Which is basically a bridge. I mean, exactly. you might as well call it a bridge at that point. <laughs> so yeah, no, I I really like this song. And by the way, uh, a hell of a flex to put your net worth uh, oh, as true. a song. That's true. That's true. <laughs> um, I mean, I think when you if you were to look at this album and then look at the title, just just the the titles of each track. You could probably guess what 100 mil is about. Yeah. <laughs> oh, like, yeah. Like, especially if you know J. Cole, you know he's not flexing about 100 mil. He's flexing about being worth that much and still working harder than him. Still working his ass off. And one thing we didn't talk about with the rollout was that documentary that he did. That's true, because it was only like a little 12-minute thing, right? It was t- it was small and tiny, but I, I liked it, and it was insightful. But That should have given us the hint for the, the <laughs> My Life feature, because 21 was in that. Exactly. Um, and one of the things he talked about in that documentary was uh, about sort of a, a level of complacency. Um, That's right. If if you stay in the same environment when you're up, you know what I mean? That's right. And I low key feel him. The am- This is going to sound weird, but the amount of times I've like thought to myself, um, like, damn. So I've I've come like very far in terms of like uh like both like where my career is and where i started like if when i'm 25 if you looked at my shit like four years ago oh it's a different story oh i bet (laughs) it's a very different story um like 
I was sleeping on my cousin's couch like four and a half years ago. Uh, and now I have like an amazing apartment in Sandy Springs. Right. And the amount of times I've been like, damn, I bet if I just went and got myself a fucking like 700 square foot one bedroom somewhere grungy, I'd work my ass. Like I would do more than I'm doing right now. Right. Because you'd just be, you just feel be like you're it. coming out the gutter. Exactly. Yeah. And I think in that, um, in the documentary, Cole talks about going back to the house that he lived in New York uh, under Muhammad's crib. If you ever listen to Power Trip, you know Muhammad's yep. crib. Um, then you would know, like, that was kind of where he first, like, got a little leeway from somebody to and a little push and, and a little support on the, the rapping career. Um, also, shout out Muhammad for being flexible. Yo, Muhammad being flexible probably gave us uh, and just enough to let J. Muhammad Cole come Muhammad gave through. us J. Cole's entire discography. <laughs> Shout out Muhammad, because without Muhammad, we might not have he Cole. He should be in royalties on that show. <laughs> but yeah, he, he went back to that crib and recorded a ton of this there. And I think 100 Mil is like a little testament to that. Like He recorded a lot of this album there? Uh, Yeah. I mm, didn't realize that. Minimum three, four, five songs. Wow. So like for for part of this and like this and the fall off, he he literally like moved there, spent a lot of time at he put a studio in that same house and went there and was like put himself in that environment of grind city of fucking I wake up. I'm just getting it. I'm not the man that's got. A whole record label under me. Yeah, he almost humbled himself by going back to the roots. Exactly. And that's what I think this song is about. I don't think this song is about flexing, you know, even though it it is, but it isn't. It's, I do have this, but I've humbled myself because I'm trying to be great. Right. It's almost like a message to other people that are wealthy, like, yo... I'm worth more than you and I'm still working. So, like, if you think you made it, no. No. You still haven't made it. No. There's still more to do. Uh, By the way, so, uh, my fa- by the way, one of my favorite bars of the whole album is here. Don't care if it's Michael B. Jordan that's calling my woman the fuck. She ain't never gonna pick up. Fuck, she gonna never pick up. You, hey. I can't say the same. Honestly. I can't say that. I Literally, I asked my girl. I said, if Michael B. Jordan called you, would you pick up? And she said, yes. Yo, honestly, I don't know. If Michael B. Jordan called, low key, I don't, I don't think she picks up. Low key, I don't think she picks up. I know up. for a fact my girl would pick up. Is that right? For Michael B. Jordan? Yeah. Yes. Hey, and, and here's the thing. By the way, I'm picking up for Michael B. Jordan. Have you? Hey, no. Have you pause, seen the sexy Alexa commercial? But pause. But pause. Michael B. Jordan. Are you serious? I mean, that's one of the best looking dudes in Hollywood. No cap. That's a fact. Like that's like that's Chris Hemsworth I mean, have levels. Have you seen Creed? Not the second one. The first one. No, the not first Creed. one. Fuck, it's not called Creed, is it? Yo, now I'm now I'm like low key insecure because I, I don't know if my girl would pick up and your girl would pick up, dude. It's Michael B. Jordan. We no, are I not know. on the same level as J. Cole. Your girl will pick up. No, no. Here's the thing. You know why? Your I'm a, girl will pick up. I don't know for so. Here's the thing. She's she's a little bit conservative, okay? And so she's not she's not always like the oh that's a hot right. 
which I adore about her. Be careful. But, (laughs) but, yeah, I know. Don't oust her too much. I'm not, but it's Michael B. Jordan. And in my head, she's a white girl, but in my head, I'm like, I think I'm like the only black guy she's, you know, um, talked to. Talk to. Okay, okay, fair, 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 fair. I shouldn't, I shouldn't use that phrase. Talk to. And so in my head, I'm like, yeah, it's me. But honestly, if Michael B. Jordan steps in, like, I think that's... Dude, if Michael B. Jordan calls me, I'm picking up, bro. Yeah, that's GG. You know, there... That's a flex. That's a flex right my, there in that my bar. My girlfriend is now in my apartment, so I can't say too much, but Michael B. Jordan, hit my line. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Michael. Yeah, is, hit my line, bro. Is, he's dating, like, Lori Harvey now, isn't it? Is isn't he? he? Is yes. He? Isn't he is. a, didn't Future just drop a song where he said, tell yes. Steve Harvey I don't want her? Why do you think he said that? What the fuck? Because what is Future going to do? What's, what is Future going to say about he's so toxic, dude. Michael. I, I, I want Future to make, I, I want Future to have his, the big day. I want him, <laughs> I want him to release the worst fucking album on the planet, but he's happy, so it doesn't matter. Uh, I don't think we'll ever get that. We definitely won't, but a man can hope. A man can dream. Yo, you honestly, there are so few times where I'm like, not insecure. Yeah, let's call it insecurity. I'm texting her right now and I'm asking her oh, if she. <laughs> texting her in the middle of the pod. Please ask her if she would will pick you, up with Michael B. Jordan. If Michael B. Jordan called you, would you pick him? We already, we already got my opinion, so we need yours now. I want your. your your girls. You opinion. said. You said. I mean, he I said used that. a strong term. You did say a strong term. I didn't say a strong term. Oh, you I said a strong out. term. <laughs> <laughs> you should bleep over just that I'll term. Bleep, I'll bleep it out. I'll bleep it out for sure. For sure. No. Yeah. Leave the rest in, but bleep out that specific I term. Will. I definitely will. Um, do you know who Michael B. Jordan is? I gotta ask her that first because she's not super. No cap. She knows who Michael B. Jordan is. I know, but I gotta lead into it. I can't just ask Dude, her outright. He sexy Alexa. Yeah, that crazy that? Anyways, commercial. anyways, we should call this Notes on Tangents on Notes. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, that's a hell of a bar to put in a song. And it's true because you're J. Cole and no one else can fucking say that. Drake probably couldn't even say that. You know what's funny? We're, t- we're talking about it. Drake had a Michael B. Jordan line. No. Oh. Yep. He did. What did he say? Oh, man. Oh, man. He did. It was in um it was either in Seeing Green. Um Oh, Lucky Lefty. I think it was Yeah, it was probably it was a leak. It was a leak from like last year. <laughs> Michael V. Jordan, you call you right now, you answer. And that was from a leak from uh Drake last year. What? That was the bar. What the fuck? Yeah. Drake's tuned in. We're going to give y'all a quick pause and uh, give y'all a little listen to 100 Milli. I said Milli. It's 100 Mil. It's 100 Mil. It's specifically 100 Mil. I said Milli. God damn, she I'm a pleasure. Anyways, here's 100 Mil. Never pet a rat, never said a lot, only what need to be said. 
got a little guap when you get a lot. Want no bitch, leave you on red. Don't push me, nigga, my feet on the ledge. This game is like follow the leader. If you looking closely enough, then you'll see that I live. The moves that I made, the people I fed, the evil I duck. They minds is too feeble, they lean on their crutch. So bleed if I'm fighting my demons head up. Um, so yeah, that was that was 100 <clears throat> mil. Jayco. Oh, I, yeah. I can't believe people hate on it. That's but, a crazy track to hate on. But that leads us into Pride is the Devil, which is by far the most surprising feature I think I've ever heard. Like, I... Again, the, I don't think the features were listed on the album track list when this first came out. And like release day? To hear Lil Baby just come out of nowhere was a shock. Yeah, that man... I'm going to say what I said about Lil Baby's um, feature on Drake's like three pack from like a month ago. Is it that 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 one verse that keeps getting TikToked? Yeah. Yeah. Lil Baby. And here's the thing. Lil Baby always kills a verse. Everybody knows that. Right. So I think at this point, unless you're incredibly talented or already, you know, (laughs) <laughs> fucking on the map, you're you don't even want little baby on your shit because you're Not like at this point you're he's gonna smoke you first and foremost. Dude, that the, the Drake feature is that verse is just ridiculous. It's crazy. Um, this one pretty solid. It's and but that's it, a bit of an understatement. <laughs> I, I think it's a I think it's a fantastic feature. I think it fit in really well. Whereas I think I think a little baby feature would have been apropos in a couple other songs, like a couple other beats yeah. I think he could have flowed on pretty well as well. But this one, surprising, I didn't know how I felt about it at first, but once Same. he got into it, it was it 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 just felt right. It yeah, and that's what that's what little baby does. That's that's his pocket. I know this is a co- but like Cole got little baby on this track, and it it wasn't by mistake. Like Cole doesn't put people on so- like Cole is a masterful A and R and producer. Like he doesn't get people on a beat and a track, especially with himself for shits and giggles. For sure, it's masterful. So yeah, Cole. Cole had this beat and said, "Yeah, Lil Baby should be on this, and is he'll it, kill it." Is this the official end of No Feature Cole? I mean, we're assuming that <laughs> we've got one more Cole album left. So, you know what? Low key, be, right? Low key, I bet the fall off is is No Features. Mm, I could see that. I could see him in his mind thinking, if this is going to be my last album, it has to be my album. Exactly. Exactly. Or at least have unlisted features. Mm, yeah. Because who, who did that? I, th- I think well, Travis- he, I think he did that on Four Souls Drive, right? He had features on uh, GOMD, and he didn't list them. Mm. Not full-on verse features, but I know he had other artists contributing to that. Yeah, I'm sure he did, but but not n- nothing worthy of being deemed <laughs> a feature. Deemed a feature, platinum with no features. That's 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 Cole's thing, right? Um, I don't know. I would say it probably is the the. I don't think it's the end of no feature Cole. I think the fall off will be something like that, um, and I think he 
you know, I think he'll create a lot of the music outside of the fall off and do things with Dreamville, um, you know, the, ongoing. But but the features fit so well here. You know, none yeah. of them feel forced. None of them feel out of place. Again, this guy is a masterful A&R. And Pride is a Devil, I really like that. I really, really like this song. I do, too. I think, uh, again, I think the title kind of gives away everything you need to know about the track before listening to it. But, yep. again, he just rides the beat so well, and he fits into that pocket so well. And it's not a flow that we've heard on this album yet. So it it, it just goes to show he can kind of do whatever he wants. It, right? He he can kind of ride over whatever kind of instrumental he wants for the longest time. And I feel like this album is kind of a breakaway from his I'm going to rap over some self-produced stuff. Because this, I feel like, is more he let other people come in, kind of lead the way when it came to the instrumental side. And he just said, okay, I'm going to fill... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fill in the empty spaces with what I can with my cadence, with my flow and it's going to sound hot. And it does. When I think about a lot of modern rap songs and verses where like both artists do well, or one artist that like outshines the other, not saying baby outshone, but like he absolutely right. killed it. Um, I, I always think because today when you make a track with another rapper, you could, you know, make a beat and that's made in someone's house out in Cali and you lay the beat down in Fayetteville and you send it to baby, right? It's all virtual now, man. It's all virtual. And so my thought always goes to what is the order of operations on these tracks that get put out where somebody absolutely kills it. Right. Right. I remember you saying that about the, uh, uh, that Eminem, Drake, Oh yeah, Lane, want this shit forever. Track. Yep, yeah, forever. that's right. And so I had that same thought about this, which is, I I have a feeling that we're probably in the same studio, but on the off chance, even like even if we just think hypothetically how the track went, what how do you think that went? Let, let's assume they weren't. Uh, Baby definitely went second, if if I had to guess, because bring it down, weigh it up, not bag it up. Or honestly, <laughs> honestly, I could see Baby not even hearing Cole's verse and just knowing that he's going to be on J. Cole's album and being aware of the fact that he has to put out his best verse. Like he's got to he's got to put some thought into this. So he yeah, you th- so you think like the, beat, the whether or not Cole laid down the beat the beat in the verse first, Baby was like, "Oh, I'm on this this album that Cole's putting out." Yeah, I'm about to put heat no matter what. Absolutely. This Absolutely. is my best. I think I think he knew he knew what the significance of a new Cole project was and I'm sure the second he heard the instrumental he knew that this was going to be a different kind of Cole project. Cuz I think devil. this is I think this is one of the mm, I'm not going to say the most unique, but this is a standout project in his discography whether you like it or not. Yes, it is. It oh man. <laughs> This is It's definitely different than a lot of other tracks We've ever gotten from Cole Oh yeah, the whole thing is And I, I forget if we had mentioned this earlier Oh, we did mention this earlier um, it, It's like a freestyle project Yes And a lot of his stuff is a lot more conscious 
I think it would fall under the realm of conscious rap. And a lot of people really dig that. And a lot of people are fans of J. Cole because of that reason. But if you're going into this project thinking you're going to hear some, a ton of introspection and a ton of reflection, it's not going to be, at, at least it's not going to be in the same light that you're expecting from a J. Cole album. He's still introspective and he's still reflecting, but he's very in your face about it and he is sounding more confident than ever. Right, because again, I the main goal with this was it's it's sort of twofold, right? He's got a masterful retirement album that he wants to put together, right? And he wants that to be the, the creme de la creme. He wants that to be his crown fucking jewel in his discography. So, you know, what do you do with the songs that you've made in the same era, but don't want to put on that same sort of final album? Well... I've got the off season for that. Right. You know? So yeah, it it serves two purposes. This, this album was meant to be both a flex to anyone that forgot that J Cole was, and is one of the best rappers in the past decade, decade and a half. For sure. Um, and two, let me get my shit off before I served you one of the best albums you've ever heard. Absolutely. And that's the fall off. Absolutely. And all that being said, this was a very big flex album, but then he goes right into Let Go My Hand. Oh, man. Which is very much not a flex song. I think it's probably from a messaging standpoint, the most, or at least diverges the most from the main message of this entire album, which is essentially, I can fucking rap. And he still, no. he still fucking raps at the song. But it's... It's just a very heartfelt, almost touching track about his son, like growing up. Right. Which is super cool to hear, honestly. And how often do you get to hear? I think maybe I've only heard that from Jay-Z when Jay-Z talked about Blue. Right. Blue Ivy. Right. She was young. (laughs) And and maybe Kanye. But like, think about the two names we're saying that we're putting J. Cole next to. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We're talking, we're talking 100% Mount Rushmore in the 2000s for Jay. We're talking 100% Mount Rushmore for Kanye for probably the 2000s and the 2010s. Mm. Yeah. Well, how early was. Graduation was like oh four. Yeah, graduation was like oh seven. Uh, mm. Late. Yeah. I mean, his first three. Anyway, that that's a whole nother episode. Yeah, we'll that, get into Kanye at some point. The first three but, for Kanye is insane, dude. It, it, <laughs> I don't even want it. Early registration is so undervalued. Well, wow. We have to have a Kanye discography discussion at some point. Easily. Because I think mine diverges a lot from a lot of people's. Really? And I like don't want to give away too much about it. Like your, you think your top list is really different from a lot of folks? Yeah. Like most folks have My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy as their number one. Numero uno. I agree. It's, it's not my number one either. I, mine either. Uh, and, and it's not from a critical standpoint. It's just from no. an enjoyment standpoint. And Correct. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. We'll get I'd love to, to we'll have that combo. <laughs> um, but, you know, I just, I, I love, I love a nice, like, almost. This is like KOD Cole. Yeah. Something about the instrumental to me 
the the adjective like scheming comes to mind where it's kind of like this it's kind of like this creeping instrumental with this this easy breezy saxophone but you still kind of feel not on edge but you feel like you're up to some hood rat shit <laughs> honestly I, I can't i can't think of a better a better term i know i but you know, you know I know what, what you're like talking about. <laughs> you're creeping, almost. Yeah, it's like you're creeping. It's it's almost like sneaky a little bit. Yeah. God, there's there's a better adjective between what we both said, and I can't yeah, figure it out yeah, for the yeah, life yeah, of me. I'm sure I sound super insensitive. But, <laughs> um, but no, I just I I really really like this track because honestly, we don't hear rappers talk enough about their kids. Like the closest we get is. Young thug talking about having six kids and taking them to Lennox. Like, that's about it. Hey, I wasn't hiding the world from my son. I was hiding my son from the world. Oh, God. Don't even get me started on <laughs> the Pusha T Drake feud. Pusha T absolutely bodied that man and somehow he still has a career. Uh, <laughs> you, you can't topple that king. I'm sorry. Uh, man. That's true. That's true. Um, the bigger they are, the harder they fall until they're that big. Exactly. No, I and and there was a couple bars about, you know, his uh back to the J. Cole track. Um there there were a couple bars about his sort of vulnerability on putting on a brave face in a lot of situations when Yeah, and literally just fighting people because you didn't want your reputation to be tarnished. Exactly. Like he didn't sound like he was a violent kid, but if it sounded like, hey, I, I got to fucking nut up right now because if I don't, this this could be when somebody presses me in, in you know, six months and exactly. they're not afraid to pull a gat on me. Exactly. Like they want to make sure you're not pussy. Exactly. Basically. Uh, and, he, and he even talks about, you know, keeping a tough demeanor and that was your bluff and hoping it was working. But you got to try to make sure you fight just to keep that that same sort of facade up. Oh yeah. And I, I thought it was funny that a lot of people heard the, the end of his verse talking about puff and thought that that was like, Oh shit. Puff and color beef. And now what the fuck? No. I, I'm pretty sure this happened years ago. Yeah, and Cole is basically saying the last time I really had beef with someone was a while ago. It's squashed now. And I'm approved that by putting Diddy as the outro. Wait, hold on. Real quick. I'm reading about this altercation because I don't know how. I have no idea about this altercation. I didn't know about to be enlightened. I didn't know about this altercation at all at first, which is surprising because Devon and rap beefs and rap intricacies and rap relationships like I'm here for it all. You got to you got to be there for the drama. Got to be there for the drama. I love me some drama. I wish I didn't love drama so much, but I do. There's a reason I adore Grey's Anatomy. And honestly, Grey's Anatomy is a shit. I don't know what to tell you. Fair. (laughs) I don't know what to tell you. Hey, man, I watched The Bachelor. (laughs) But uh, so evidently this altercation happened in like seven, like seven or eight years ago. And do you remember that song? uh, Control. That oh, do I remember Control where Kendrick absolutely eviscerated everyone else that was featured? Every single rapper ever. He even called out Mac Miller now that I think about it. He called out every single rapper Dude, at the time. like what in the world? And there's you, one thing with Sabin's Sacrifices where mm-hmm. he's basically like, there's too many of y'all for me to call out name by name, so I'm going to just 
fit y'all all into one bar. Yep. And then Kendrick was literally, literally just name by J. name. J. Cole, J. Electron, <laughs> Mac Miller. Come Contro- on. Control was one of my favorite like heat songs from back it's in the so day. It's so crazy. It, but it's weird because when I, when I put it on, so fun fact about me. When I after I had first gotten into hip hop and I was already in college and everything, I went through a, a little bit of a Big Sean phase, and now years later, it's so hard for me to listen to Big Sean in just any context. I don't know really? what it is. Maybe it's because he's. Do you mean his new music, or do you mean you can't go back to his old music? I can't even go back because I loved um, Dark Sky Paradise. I Dark think that Sky was the Paradise name of the was- album was pretty great i really like that album but i'll i'll go back to it now and i'll just kind of be like ah big sean like he's got he is the the captain of the team of rappers that will put in bars that are on the fringe Mm. of super cringy and obvious versus like pretty clever yeah and the the older i get the more i just think it's cringe so so they didn't age as well it definitely, time. it definitely didn't age. It it didn't age super well. That being said, that song "Paradise" that he has, where he just goes the extended version, where he just goes off, is it's is great. crazy. Um, but but anyway, yeah, no, it, and it just makes me think even more. Like, yeah, Kendrick absolutely bodied you, Big Sean. Like, you're not, you're. If we're talking celebrities in terms of talent, Kendrick is like an A list celebrity, and Big a- Sean just oh, looked like a fucking D list celebrity. Oh my God! She'll entertain that conversation with Michael B. Jordan. I'm not upset. She would entertain the conversation. Yeah. Yeah, of course she's gonna pick up the phone. Bro. Yeah, Don't I be think upset I would about that. Though. I think I'd be mad if she said no, and I'd be like, "You're a liar." <laughs> you know exactly. I mean? Exactly, bro. It's like when you're in high school, right? <laughs> and your girlfriend says that you're the you're like the most attractive person she's Come ever on. seen. It's Why like, are you lying? Yo, this like we can be in a relationship and that not be true. Exactly, it's okay. We can have communication. I'm like, glad. Listen, I know if SZA ever hits up my girl, she ain't gay, but done for. You're. Yeah, I'm that's done. It. I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. Like it's gonzo, and that's fine. You know, there are some things that uh, that's a ra- reality we live in. Exactly, and it's so it's so like so far from being possible. Not because it would never happen, but because sizzle like these celebrities live a different life than we do. Yeah, they're they're not real people. Right now, if now if my girl had connections in the music industry and acting industry, and she was at parties and could bump into Michael B. Jordan, I might be worried. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I might be a little scared and say, hey, you should go talk to him. Because that'd be even cool for me to say. Like, you know, Oh, yeah. You know the girl and Michael B. Jordan. Dude, if my, if my girl cheated on me with Michael B. Jordan, I would, oh, I would tell that story at God. every party, every get-together. And that's why Let Go My Hand is such a good song. <laughs> <laughs> Let Go My Hand. I mean, you're you're low key not wrong. You, you gotta let go of the hand. No, it. <laughs> I forgot we were talking about that song. Listen, I'm letting go of my girl's hand. Hit up my computer, bro. Be free. Shooters, you miss 100 percent of the shots you don't take. Facts on facts on facts. Um, no, we were talking about let go of my hand. He got he got into an altercation with Puff defending Kendrick because uh, I, I believe in the control verse. Uh, 
Kendrick said he was a king in New York, and obviously Sean Diddy Combs wouldn't take too kindly of that. Definitely not. Definitely not. Um, which leads us into technically, I guess, the second song on this project that was released to the public. Yeah, this is like the lead single to but the it, song. But it is the lead single in Interlude, and what a way to to tease this album. I, I, th- I think it set the tone 100%. Oh my, I remember when I first heard this. So obviously no one really knew a, a Cole project was coming. Honestly, so let me talk like macro music industry, or at least in the hip hop world. I'm surprised he released an album so early. And I say so early, quote unquote, for a few reasons. A, I think when he released that single, there were still there were more COVID restrictions still going around, meaning there was uncertainty about, hey, can you tour? Can you not tour? Right now, do I think Cole is really like thinking about that when he's releasing? Not 100 percent, but nobody was dropping music in 2020. Not really. Not at all. Yeah, it was singles at most. Cole is one of the first big, big, big hip hop names to drop something serious, I should say. For sure. Um, so yeah, it was a surprise that it came. He was one of the first big rappers to like really step out. All the other rappers, rappers that were stepping out were stepping out cause they had to make money, not cause they were trying to prove a name for themselves. And Cole was saying like, you know, coming out with some music. So interlude was a surprise to me. Oh, yeah. Um, and when I first heard it and I heard that sample, like I was like, yeah, this is about to be heat. <laughs> and it was, and it was. I mean, he just goes bar after bar after bar. Um, again, the perfect way to tease this album. I think in the context of track placement, it's a weird place to put your interlude. Yeah, it's like it's very strange to put it as like the intro to the last quarter of your album, essentially. A little odd, right? And it's because he called it an interlude. Again, Man, I think yeah. calling something an interlude is like really pow- like it shapes the way a viewer sees that specific piece of content definitely definitely and it, it doesn't give off interlude energy at all no if that is even a thing but no it's interlude energies interlude is like small snippets of interviews that you find impactful for your album interlude is <laughs> voicemails from somebody yeah or your some grandma your girl your ex like that's interlude interlude isn't I'm cold and I'm fucking back. You don't go in as hard as you did on half of these tracks. Because, again, it's just an intro verse outro. Like, it's very freestyle-esque where he just goes in for a little bit, gives you a taste, and then dips out. Exactly. Which, you know what, J. Cole? And we'll get to it (laughs) when, when... we revisit our discography rankings. I'm into it. It's it, it did its job. Cole right. said, I know, I know I have, I've been quiet. I dropped a couple songs here and there that was, you know, here out and about, but this is interlude and I'm coming. This was the, Hey, for any of you fucking rappers out there, Cole was, is stepping outside. Oh yeah. And I think, I think we'll actually give you all a little taste of the interlude as we get into the final three tracks on this. Um, so if you haven't heard it yet, <laughs> number one, why are you listening to this pod? Fact. Number two, I'm going to introduce you to it. Here is 
Interlude by J. Cole. She can go up, she can go down, she can go anyway. Either way, nigga, I'm prepared. Feel me? Yeah. I be coming in peace, but fuck me. Best beware the others. This shit deep undercovers creep. This southern heat make unbearable summer just last week. Send your mama weep. Crying cause she don't wanna bury your brother. The blood leaks while the EMTs gotta carry her baby like surrogate mothers. Whoa. Thank God we survived around with a terrorist hover though traumatized Wouldn't trade it for nothing through hard times It was there I discovered a hustle and making the best out of struggle I kept grinding to the step but level respect mine Gotta stay out of trouble cause tech nines like the air rebuttals Cold world niggas knowing what it is Just in case they don't I show them what it is In summer I do real numbers couldn't dare touch it if they sold a double disc Black hot niggas burning up the street Shots popping and we heard it up the street It's a war niggas running up the score fucking hilarious game, baby Joe Rogan is great. Um, so yeah, that was interlude by J. Cole, and that will lead us into the final act of this project, starting with the climb back, which was actually released in July of 2020. Wait, and that was a two pack with snow on the bluff, was it not? It was not with the snow on the bluff. Was it released separately from that? Snow on the Bluff was a standalone because that was a response to No Name. To No Name? This was released with the This was released with Lion King on Ice. Yes, it was. Which was a fire track. A great song. I'm surprised. Yeah, you know, I'm not surprised. I guess it was a year out. Maybe he I don't know. They both sound like they're from the same era. I I would have put those two on you know, I'm not J. Cole. I'm not a hundred million dollar artist by any means, but I, I you're not hundred million and still on the grind. <laughs> no, I'm I have 55k a year. Still on I'm, the grind. <laughs> I'm 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 five figures and still on the grind. No, I, I would have put uh, Lion King on ice on here, but of course, who it was. It had the same energy. It had a very it similar did. like "fuck y'all, I'm gonna do my thing" energy. Mm-hmm. But this one, this one, I re- I I really liked as well. It, there's not a single track on here. I can't say that I like. There's no dislikes um, on here. But I I love the line. Uh, my homies shoot first as if they never played the point. More two guards. Two guards, if you don't know, is Come another on. term for shooting guards, which is another basketball position in which you're not the dribbler, you're the shooter. <laughs> and dude, honestly, it's it's a great parallel between both. Like what he's saying. Like, they shoot first. They don't play any games around here. Whatever. And also, like, the growing trend, I feel like, in the NBA of point guards becoming... Absolute shooters. shoot first point guards. Absolutely, they are. And this is one, one of my favorite things about this entire project. It is... You unap- gotta take a deep breath I did. <laughs> I did. Because... I want to call it unapologetically Cole. And here's why I had to take a deep breath is because I was like, damn, am I saying that he's been less unapologetically Cole on the projects? Not exactly. It was more he's being it's not even unapologetic. It's purposefully Cole. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, I am projecting the coldness. I never heard. I have never heard his vocal inflection sound so confident. 
There's so much laced throughout this album, both with how he created it, the range he put into it, the work he put into it, the references. It's all cold. There's like so many military related references on tracks, basketball all over, because, of course, Cole loves to play basketball and watch it like I think he normally doesn't include nearly as much of that stuff because he, you know, wants it to be a little more ubiquitous. He wants it to feel a little more open to everybody. But this felt like, a nah, I'm going to be as cold as Cole can be. Yeah. Like he's almost he's almost being more Southern hip hop than than he actually is when it comes to influences. Like yep. he really ride. I, I keep saying rides, but he really does. He just kind of. If the beat were a horse, he put the saddle <laughs> on every one of these horses, hopped on, and just spurred on away. He was oh he was Red Dead Redemption two. God, all it was red. <laughs> um, and it really was. You, honestly, one of the one of my favorite moments in researching this was looking through Genius, the Genius lyrics on this track, and seeing the line, seeing the bar where he says. They fiend to clap as often as the genius app misquoting me, <laughs> which is the, as far as I can tell, is the only line wow. in genius in the second verse that is annotated. It is, it is because someone at genius had to go in, click on that bar and say, yeah, it's because he thinks <laughs> we, we mis- often misquote him or it could be referencing our news outlet, which he also is criticized for being misrepresentative. And it's just exactly. like, bro, exactly. How shitty is your job that you gotta go in and say, "Yeah, he's complaining about us." Yeah, we're not that good at our job sometimes. And again, here is Cole. But Cole's meta as fuck. He's very meta. That's, <laughs> you know, and it's something that I think he's drawn criticism for in the past. I agree. I want to be famous. Start playing on my iPad. Um, but yeah, I think it's something that he's drawn criticism for in the past because a lot of people see his more meta kind of... I think I think a lot of his meta bars are often intertwined with bars that people would often kind of interpret as preachy in a way. Yeah, it's it's so... I, and I know what they're talking about. And I'm going to bring up Drake because I, I can't go a podcast without talking about Drake. Sorry. Uh, but in uh, Scorpion, Drake has a line. I don't remember what song. I think it was Elevate. Uh, yeah. Uh, I think it was the song Elevate where he talks about um, like not being worried about the, you know, the comments on, on the post because... You know, you got to have sympathy for the kid who's behind the screen who might be hurting. Right. That was preaching. But Cole approaches it like I'm telling you matter of factly about what's happening like on the day to day. Like I know what's happening out there on the day to day. He's just telling you about it, not telling you how to interpret or oh, manage yeah. the situation. He's basically talking about how. I mean, at least in one point in this track, he's talking about how you, when you're at the level that he's at, you have to be very mindful of who is around you because you really don't know who's coming at you with the right intentions or the wrong intentions. And I think that's something that he's spoken about before. And I don't think this is 
a revolutionary track by any means, but he does it in such a, a smooth way. And again, he just, he fits into the pocket of the beat so well. And I think, I think a lot of people's takeaway from this album is going to be Cole can still rap, which like, yeah, he can, of course, obviously it's J. Cole. He can rap. But I think the most impressive thing to me in this project is his ability to mold his cadence to the beat. And at any point in time. And this is why I say of the big three, there is literally so I'm I'm saying it that way because when when people talk about like the big three of hip hop and rap of the twenty tens, yeah. it's obviously Drake Cole and Kendrick, right? But there 100%. was I don't know, there was a recent Twitter poll like from not a poll, but like a debate going on like yesterday around like who would be the fourth on the Mount Rushmore. I saw that and LeBron said future. A lot of people said future. Okay, quick. Quick sidebar. Who is your fourth on that Mount? Mm, I was thinking about that. Honestly, I wouldn't have said future two, three years ago because at the time of the 2010s, I wouldn't have listened to future. Would I like to say Travis Scott? Yes, I would. But no, he did not dominate that not even era. Close. No, he wouldn't. I would almost have to give it to Kanye. It's Nicki Minaj is the correct answer. <laughs> Nicki, it's no, it's ac- not. It's actually Nicki Minaj. No, it's not. No, it actually is. If you think about it, if you want to think about it from a numbers perspective, definitely. A numbers perspective of Nicki Minaj. If you want to think about it, it from a artist's artist that uh, people want to get on their projects it's Nicki Minaj they, everyone wants Nicki Minaj if you want to talk who, about impact and having like kids in the game it's Nicki Minaj, it's Nicki Minaj. who kind of laid down the groundwork for the Cardi B's for the Megan there is, Stallions there is no flow Millie without Nicki Minaj there's not and also in the same breath I don't want to give any disrespect to like the Rhapsodies the Little Sims the Tierra Wax, the people that are doing their own things separate from this, but Nothing when it comes to main, mainstream rap and women breaking breaking through kind of this super misogynistic barrier that hip hop is My for a very God, long have time. you heard rap from the nineties, bro? It's so disrespectful to it's women. Very bad. Also, shout out uh Remy Ma as well. Yo, Remy Ma. I, I, I don't want to catch any heat from, from, from <laughs> Yo, you from shouted out every every I'm trying to I'm trying to give y'all a platform. But Nikki, to me, at least when it comes to Kanye in the twenty tens he had My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, right? That was, what, 2011, 2012? Something around there. Yeah. Fantastic album. He dropped Yeezus, all this shit, right? It, Kanye didn't become an icon in the 2010s. Kanye kind of Ooh. already, in my opinion, solidified himself as Kanye. And then he fucking took a dive when he started talking about slavery as a choice and shit like that. I see what you mean. Nikki, I see what you mean. He Nikki, was already solidified at that. 2011 was Watch the Throne, and that was borderline oh, his yeah. peak. Okay, yeah. So I see what you mean. Yeah. So Nicki Minaj, you're right. I think when she did the the mixtape that she just put back, not back, but put on but the yeah, streaming she services. Released, yeah. Beam Me Up Scotty was like 2007, 2008. And it still hits. Oh my God. It, it doesn't make any sense. Are you shitting It me? doesn't age. So like... I, 
to me, to me, Nikki is up there. Am I sexist for not thinking of Nikki first? Is that fucked up of me? I don't think you are a sexist, but I think it's a, I think it's an, like an automatic thing in it's your like mind. A sub, yeah, it's a subconscious thing that when you think, especially because we as we men, said Mount Rushmore of rappers, right? Yeah, my mind didn't even think of women, and that's fucked up. No, yeah, and that's partially hip hop's fault. It's partially our fault. It's partially our parents' mm-hmm. fault. It's partially society's fault. But all in all. It's not There's right. Like, no and one, the more we no talk about call, it. No one no one should call you a sexist for not putting Nikki on your 2010 <laughs> rush rush more I think you have to have you have to do a few other things <laughs> before you're officially labeled a sexist. As sexist? But no, I, I honestly I didn't think of Nikki at first until I clicked on LeBron's tweet saying future. And, and she replied from Nikki Minaj. And I saw replies and I was like, damn, actually now that I think about it, yeah, probably. Not taking anything away from future, but far from it. I think because we've lived in the southeast for all of the 2010s, future is going to be more prevalent in at least our listening habits. No, you're you're absolutely right. The more the more we talk about it, the more it's got to be Nicki Minaj yeah. on that Mount Rushmore. Because come on, bro. And, and I think she has the most fervent stands. Barb stands scare me. Barb stands are scary. The beehive, I'm not scared of at this point because like... You're not scared of them. They're a, a big force out there. They're a big force, but like... It's almost as if I could never say anything bad enough <clears throat> about Beyonce. Right. To where I would be afraid of the beehive. So it's like... Right. What are y'all even standing at this point? Like, we get it. She's fucking Beyonce. It's Beyonce, and she's like, amazing, and we all love her. He, there's nothing to defend. Exactly. There's nothing to defend. <laughs> she's Beyonce. So, like, I get it. Like, Swifties, y'all do your thing. And and Barb's, like, you're constantly dealing with the comparisons with Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion. And you've got those stands telling you that, like, Nicki ain't shit. Megan Thee Stallion's the next big thing. Whereas Nicki has been, I mean. Come on. Dude, Yo, Nikki Yo. was around for all of it. Nikki oh. was Nikki was next to That was what, oh nine? Yeah, that was that was 08? like 08, 09. Bedrock was 08, 09. Oh boy. Yeah, Nikki's had heat for a long fucking time and she I almost don't even want to say she deserves more credit because that woman sells fucking more albums than just about anybody. She's got all kinds of accolades under her belt, but um I think she does need to be up there in that conversation. The more we talk about it, you can throw on just about any Nicki Minaj hit and Devon is rapping those lyrics. I know every word to Itty Bitty Piggy. Bro, also, we are so good at dating music because that that, that track came out in 09 and that was a fucking blind guess. Good lord! Dude. I will give us props Harris. for that. We've we're on target with our. When, if I was alive for it, I know when it came out. Exactly. When did that come out? Was that 06? Oh, like no. late January? The aesthetic feels very 09 to me. That that feels like February twenty third of two thousand and three. So, that's so post nine eleven. <laughs> that's so. We know our music dates. No, you're absolutely right. How did we get on that? Mount Rushmore. We were talking about how good Cole back. was. The climb back. Good song. We, yeah, we were talking about we how. Gotta, we got to move on. We got to move on to, yep. to close. Oh, man. Dude, and again, this is, I think because I listened to the, I would just start the album from the beginning that I didn't listen to the last three tracks as much. But the, more, the more I listened to this track, the more I appreciated it. 
that's exactly how I felt. This track gets better the more you listen to it. Because the first listen, no matter how you listen to it, whether you, let's say you went to this album and listened to it top to bottom, like when it released, right? Uh, either in the morning or at night, regardless, those last two, three tracks, you're not, you're not super tuned in for. So what happened to me was I heard this track and I was like, yeah, this is a bop. This is a bop. This is a bop. And then I hear the last like two, three bars and I'm like, hey, yo, so, whoa, 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 whoa. This is impactful and Hold emotional. What Why did f- you just mention your heart pumping like Usain Bolt? Exactly. And then end it with you just got smoked. Damn. This life is no joke. Damn. Why? 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 Exactly. I literally the first time I heard it, I literally like rewound. I was like, yo, I missed something. And, and honestly, you did. and you did, I did. <laughs> and it's a testament to how smooth this entire track feels as it's going through. And you talked about why that was. Yeah. And I and honestly, once I I caught on to this, I couldn't even take notes on the actual contents of the lyrics because I was so caught up in what I thought was on. It's honestly just brilliant. Um and I, I genuinely don't think a lot of people will catch this on the first listen, but just about every, the end to every bar that he has rhymes, at least in a skewed rhyme um, context with close. Yep. So, I mean, I'm just, I'm just going to list off a few. He goes, approach, coach, don't, float, close, ghost, dope, coast, hope, most, folks, close. Chose, spokes, boast, closed. God damn. Like, it, it's just go on your favorite fucking lyric site and <laughs> look at the lyrics and listen to him. And he, I, this is, this was a very, I, I can't figure out which came first. The idea to have this consistent rhyme scheme or... The idea to talk about what he does. Because, I mean, he's talking about everything from, you know, temptations are taking a shortcut, but I don't. Yep. To two homies signing two different notes, and you know I got a coast. Come on. All the way to, to roll around with the candy paint on spokes. You know, Ville people don't like when don't like when you boast. He's talking about a guy literally getting killed for flexing on people, which is not the first time he's talked about this on the album. But people from Fayetteville do not like it when you show them that you are richer than them. And this is reason number three hundred and thirty-four. I will not be going to Fayetteville, uh, Carolina. Insert long tangent transition. Um, <laughs> where, 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 wait, hold on. How did close. we get there? <laughs> How did we, Sometimes I get close. <laughs> How did we go from close? Dude, we got. I, I don't know, but you know what? Let's let's play a little bit of close before we get to the final track. Okay. I I realized last episode I wasn't putting enough music in it. 
I don't know people like that shit. So here is close. Close. Yeah. You was a good nigga, we knew each other's folks Now you gotta ride around with the toast And you keep that shit close Cause niggas plotting on you since you chose To roll around with the candy paint on spokes You know fear niggas don't like it when you boast You know 12 be taking notes And they watching you close But maybe yeah, you don't see close. him cause the smoke By J. Cole I hope y'all caught on, caught on to the rhyme scheme cause That was kind of crazy When you hear back to back like that And when you know it's there when well, yeah, once you're aware of it, it's impressive. 100%. And that leads us into the final track on this project, "Hunger on Hillside," Man. which I was surprised. I was a little surprised when you said earlier that you almost wished that the album had ended with "Close." I really did. I I say almost because it's so def- it's not definitive because "Close" is such a good song that I actually don't want it to end there but something in my brain is like yeah I re- like end it right there like r- end it right at the smoke fuck like yeah. end it there but when you hear Hunger on Hillside it it draws away from the negativity of what Cole is talking about and it sort of whether the lyrics reflect it or not, it sounds extremely positive. Definitely. I think... Uh, and the lyrics reflect that, I, I think. think. And I think this draws a lot of parallels to our Brockhampton episode, almost with the last track of that project, giving yeah. me a little bit of hope. Giving some hope. This, especially contrasted with Close, is... I can't believe I'm going to say this again, but it's almost the... Inf- Antithesis to close. My man's favorite word. Yeah, <laughs> some antitheses. Antitheses. Um, but yeah, no, it, it. In a way, this feels like one of the more humble cold tracks, especially with Boz singing in the background, or not in the background, but um, as a supporting vocalist, which he's done throughout this project. I'm surprised we haven't mentioned yet. But um, Bosby singing throughout this whole thing. Bosby singing, and honestly, I didn't know Bos had that sort of range. You know, neither I, did I. And I, I'm wondering if that'll be kind of a career shift. If I, I'm wondering if he'll release like more of a sing-songy album as opposed to a rap project. Nah, I, this I this feels it, this feels very. I did this for Cole's album. I could see that. I could see that. Um, but yeah, this song contrasted with Close, especially, um, it's just kind of hopeful, uh, very humble. I mean, Boz saying, you know, the ultimate price is regret. I think that's a very real thing that Cole is feeling right now because I, I especially when you're earlier on in your career, I don't think a lot of people think of missing out on an opportunity or regretting a feature as something that will make or break them. Right. They're more focused on what, what, am what can I, I do going to, to produce? Yeah. How am I going to put myself out there to catch attention? Whereas Cole is very much in a position where like every step is criticized essentially. 
Yeah. Um, in my head, that was that he he addressed that sort of in a way where he talked about it as like he talked about this in the documentary that he did before this, which was, you know, do I want to end my career as a rapper in a space where I said, damn, I wish I, you know, I wish I did a feature on them, but I wasn't. So he talked about being prideful, you know, and in a space, in a mind space where like, no, I'm competitive. I can't be on a track with X, Y, or Z because that's the one I'm trying to, you know, beat. That's what I'm trying to stay ahead of. But rather than being ahead of them, do you want to look at your career when it ends, which is clearly what he's working towards. Does he want to, does he, he's dropped a couple hints throughout the project too. Oh yeah. His next thing is probably going to be his last thing. Right. And I don't think Cole, you know, wants to drop the fall off and then look back and say, damn, I never, never did a track with this person. I never did a track with this person, even though they were fly. Right. Though they were the competition. I never did a track with them because I was prideful about my space and my stance. I agree. I agree. And I think um, surprisingly, actually, now that I'm looking through the lyrics, I think uh, one line in the song, again, like I said, with the interlude and other parts of this album, just kind of personifying the entire image of it. But his his bar, I sin so I can't cast the next stone just makes me think like J. Cole is not going to be the one to start beef. He's not going to be the one to similar to Kendrick throw out like I'm calling all of y'all out. I'm better than you. J. Cole is very much a almost responsive or the what's the opposite of proactive. He's reactive in that sense. So if someone's calling him out He's going to sit on it for a second. He's going to think it through, almost self-analyze and say, like, why am I being called out? What are the reasons behind this person's malice? And then he will respond in a very thought-out, thorough way. And in that bar, I think it just summarizes, like, too many of y'all have been calling me out, so um, here's an album that... Proves to y'all that I can pretty much do whatever I want. Yo, Cole, I'm still the shit. Didn't he call out? Wasn't he the first one to talk about No Name in Snow on the Bluff? Uh, trust me, I get That's it. That's actually it's, a good question. Um, it's not a call out in a sense that like... I forget how that whole beef started. So, the way I remember it, and my memory could be faulty. Devon could be rusty on the memory front, but... I remember it being that no no name had tweeted a good bit about um, you know a lot of people, both celebrities and white people alike, not doing enough to I you know either a bring attention to sort of the systemic racism that exists within our society, or b not. Um, doing enough to fight it you know like her sentiment was very like not hey are you aware of it but hey how anti-racist are you right Right. both from a celebrity standpoint and like an individual person standpoint and I think Cole's song Snow on the Bluff was you know a recognition of um, 
<laughs> hey, I understand where you're coming from, but understand that, you know, you're extremely privileged to be able to have the ability to be so educated on these topics of discussion where most yep. people aren't. And I think your malice pushes people away rather than use your level of education to educate Which others. Which was a crazy point that he made because I think that's something that regardless of who you are or what your background is, I think it's very easy to get caught up in I am much more educated than this person and that makes me better and that makes me, not makes me, but that puts me in a position to kind of, you want to educate them, but it oftentimes it comes across as super condescending. Right. And I think if any criticism were to be drawn against no name, it's that she can come across as very condescending sometimes. Uh, if any. <laughs> Which, you know, gets into a whole nother conversation of what is condescending in hip hop versus what is spitting facts. Whereas like if J. Cole maybe had said some of the stuff that no name said, maybe it would be maybe it would come across as spitting facts, whereas because no name, you know, is a female rapper in the game. That's going to come across as either bitchy or talking down to or something like that. It's almost like the opposite of mansplaining where like a dude will get uncomfortable because a, a woman speaking facts that he hasn't really thought about in that, in that light before. I think that may have a small part to do with it, but I think her prior attitudes, like prior behavior to that to those instances in 2020 mm -hmm. led to how that was received, which... You know, there's things like no name saying like, hey, look, she specifically said, like, I don't want white people at my concerts anymore. That's true. That's true. I, I do remember her saying that. Um, and as a white hip hop fan, I was hurt. I'm hurt. And, you know, I'm, I'm not saying whether her points are valid or not. It's it means that when you, you know, six to eight months later talk on, hey, you aren't doing enough, but you've ostracized the group you're saying aren't doing enough right borderline what do you expect right and actually i i heard surprisingly enough i heard some very helpful advice from a bachelor podcast because um i don't know if a lot of people know necessarily but the bachelor franchise has been going through a lot of upheaval and criticism because of their handling of race on the show and in the franchise um right and, and one point i heard that really resonated with me was something called tone policing in which it's not the responsibility of a BIPOC individual to kind of cater their opinions to a white person's um, like worldview in a way. So like it's, it, we shouldn't put the onus on black indigenous peoples of colors to contain their anger or frustration in a way that's palatable to white people. That is up to white liberals and white people who are on the same page, but are almost of more of an obligation to educate their fellow white people on what is right versus what is wrong in a contained, very 
almost like friendly conversational manner. Like basically we can't get mad at people that face systemic injustice for getting mad at that and being animated in their discussions about that. It's more up to the people that don't face that injustice, but still acknowledge it to educate other people that don't face it, but don't acknowledge it and kind of lead them to the path of, um, just kind of lead them to a more accepting path. So like in a way I believe we shouldn't put any criticism toward no name for being as passionate and as educated and as aggressive as she is with her worldviews because she is a person that has had to directly deal with this kind of shit. Whereas if it was a white rapper coming at you with some, you know, imagine Jack Harlow, dude, imagine Jack Harlow going at you aggressive about like, yo, get yourself educated about black rights and shit. Like, no, that's not going to work. Um, I, so th- that was basically a long way of saying, like, I didn't, I didn't, I hated that beef, honestly. I hated it. It was weird. Because it. Because, like, what are you like beefing about right almost. now? Yeah, what are you beefing about? Like, both of you are rapping to each other right now, and we're talking about whether or not it's okay for police to kill people with like little to no repercussion yeah the only (laughs) beef y'all have is how vocal you are about that exactly really weird um that that was even a beef but how did we get to (laughs) snow on the bluff i don't even know man oh on hillside's a great song we were i don't even know if we've talked about the track at all We've talked about the track a little bit. We've talked about the track a little bit. We were talking about Boz and I basically I love the I love the strings. Um Oh, we were talking about Hope. I think that's how we got there. Similar to the Brockhampton. Yes, the Brockhampton yes, that's album. how we got there. Well, look at the, Hey, fucking we're, I am here, we're baby. We're reconnecting. We're reconnecting. <laughs> we're reconnecting. Um synapses are fired. Yeah, I love I love the string sample on this. I wouldn't be shocked if the fall off, which presumably is his next album started the first track started with the same string sample it feels like one of those tracks that kind of leads into something else it doesn't really feel like a closing track like he's letting you know there's going to be something else that follows this and yeah just be patient it'll come i think that's what that's why i felt how i felt before like before i like thoroughly listened to um hunger on hillsides more than once which was like damn Close felt like that should have been the end, but okay, I get. I bet in a few years when there's a follow up, it makes sense, you know. Um, and by the way, I'm you know when I think about it, it's interesting. I feel like Cole is gonna have some sort of in between. I don't mean he's gonna do a feature or two or drop a song or two, because. Cole is the type of person, especially when like watching the documentary, like the 12 minute documentary, it seems like he's put himself in game mode. Right. For sure. And think about it this way. Michael Jordan in game seven is not he doesn't turn down the dial when he's in that environment. You know what I mean? Meaning he's not producing less by any means it's like his apex he's doing the best he can i feel like cole is trying to set himself up to 
do the best he can. And he's not making one singular album. Like he's going to try to perfect that for sure. But there's, there's going to be songs that more than the fall off. And the only reason I thought about that is because on KOD, he had the song 1985 where he talked about the fall off. Right. But obviously he produced more. He tried to perfect more and there was borderline leftover of the off season. I wouldn't be surprised if we get minimum a, like a seven song quick album slash EP from Cole. That's bold. Within the next like damn, you're predicting you're predicting a like almost an interlude project. Correct. Between from I, the I interlude hope, project. I hope you're right, bro. <laughs> I really do. I don't think you are. <laughs> I think the next thing he releases is going to be he'll release like one or two singles from the fall off and then he'll release the album. Then we'll be done. Mm. But I'm feeling a a I'm putting money on the table. Six song. E, would, it, would it be EP? Whatever he wants to call it. I don't care what he calls EPLP. it. EPLP. Yes. He, he does a six song thing. That comes out before end of September and then fall off is like December. So with that, I'm going to get to the to the big question. Oh, man. Where if we were to reshoot the J. Cole background discography episode, where would you think this would rank in your discography? One through five or one through six now. God, what a tough question. This shit, hey, the all season was so good. It's it's one of his best produced AR album. Oh man. It, but I think that you can't to anyone that was around for to to anyone that was around and listening to J. Cole when Force Hills Drives dropped, you can't beat that moment. I agree. You know what I mean? I agree. Force as, Hills Drive is still my number one. Do I think that the offseason has a higher quality, higher produce? It, it's got it oh, better in I, technical sense. I don't want to hear you compare this to Force Hills Drive because no one is going to replace Force Hills Drive with the. Exactly. I want to hear if this makes number two. Does you want to hear if it beats out Born Center? This beat out Born Center for you. God damn, it's tough. And God. I think it does. It does. It's just. It's so well crafted. We're on the same page. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. It is so well crafted that like I I have to overstep my biases, which are heavy. To this, is, this is the second best Cole album. It is. It is. Flat out. Which is crazy. How many artists can uh, do their second best six albums in? Not many. Not many. <laughs> so Not many, few. if any. The, I think to me, again, like I said in the J. Cole episode before this, um, I was a late bloomer to hip-hop. I rated Cole World, The Sideline Story, as my second favorite of his discography. Still crazy to me. Only second to Four Hills Drive. Because um, I just, I wasn't listening to hip listening to hip hop around the the Born Center era. 
Um, and then going back and listening to them, Cold World just kind of hit different. And this hits different as well. It's it's a different level of fucking like, again, it's so masterfully masterfully crafted from top to bottom, both with lyricism, production, features, stories. I think a big part of that is that he he let himself lose control of the production a little bit and allowed outside influences to come in. And I always think that collaboration will lead to a better end product. So I think having these other producers come in and letting them be a bigger influence on the instrumentals allowed him to, instead of... Because I feel like if you're creating the instrumental and the rhymes, you're going to have this certain idea in your head and you're going to be like, okay, this cadence would sound really good with this instrumental that I'm putting together. Whereas when you get a fresh instrumental and you have to adjust to that, that just adds another level of challenge, another level of difficulty that Cole clearly was up for the challenge and clearly killed Hey, I got to take. So this is exactly what Cole needed was to bring in outside influences. Because if you think about, let's say, post Forest Hills Drive, Cole. So we're talking for your eyes only, KOD. Yep. Cole wanted to be the no platinum artist because that's impressive. That's impressive shit. No feature platinum. Or excuse me. No, no platinum. He's the opposite of no, no platinum. platinum. <laughs> no, he wanted to be the least popular artist in the world. He, he wanted to be the no feature platinum artist. But I think that hindered him because if you listen to 2018, 2019 Cole on his features, he drops absolute fire and you know why because he's on other beats with other rappers who have other takes on other beats that he did not make or have a huge hand in creating so when you think about Cole stepping back exactly like you said and saying let me hear what these other fucking producers have to say let me hear what this other artist is doing on the track Cole gets into the zone and for a very long time until this album came out I was wondering to myself how the fuck does Cole kill every feature except when he's on his own shit he's great on his own shit but he's not masterful but when he's on features a lot Something else, something else comes out and then so it's, it's on a another feature. different level. It's, it's almost like he knows that he's not going to be exposed to his fans. It's like, I'm going to be exposed to another rapper's fans. So I have to do what the general rap public will love. And that's what he did throughout the entire project. It Exactly. And I think that, and I'm almost glad because I feel like he recognized that. I feel like he recognized that fact of, oh, shit, maybe I need need other people around me. I think Revenge of the Dreamers probably had to do with that Revenge of the Dreamers 3 and collaborating with all those artists. And Mm -hmm. Cole had some fire verses on there that he wouldn't have had on solo songs. That's for sure. So I will I'm going to I'm going to wrap our discussion on the offseason with a surprise question. If you were to give this album a ranking one through 10, including decimals. Oh, thank God for decimals, <laughs> including decimals. I will give you mine. You know, we'll just go one through a hundred because it's the same thing just with the decimal moving. Okay. We'll go one through a hundred. I'm, I would give this album 
Fuck. <laughs> I'm going to give it like an 89. Mm. So I, we're, we're on the cusp. Of like... So like I would give Forest Hills Drive like a 93 to 94. Uh, I see. I so see. like... I. I don't think there's an album that I know that exists that is a 100.00. I know plenty of like Michael 95 to 99s. But Michael Jackson Thriller. That's got to be. All right. Well, let's, let's, let's chill out. Right? <laughs> I was born in 96. All right. <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, okay. So if I had to give this. Uh, quick shot. Quick shot. I'll edit out the thinking time. No, nah, I, honestly, I already know it. It's, it's going to be an 83 for me. 83? Okay, a little lower mm-hmm. than me. A, a little, little lower. lower. A little lower. Uh, Fair, I am pretty drunk, so <laughs> take that into account. It's it's no haterade type of shit. It's it's more... So you're giving this a B minus, bro. It's, it's, you're giving this a 2.7. It's, it's a, a B-ish. It's almost a, it's a solid B. It's a solid B. It's I'm gonna crazy because you're B. a big Cole fan. This is number two for you now. Yeah, it is. What is the... Oh, never mind. What are you going to... What? I was going to ask what what your highest rated album in that scale would be, but that is a fucking impossible question to answer in a podcast that was supposed to be an hour and a half in which we have recorded two hours and 46 minutes of audio. Oh, no. I can give you right now. It's it's still Michael Jackson Thriller. It's still Michael Jackson Thriller. That's the highest? That's I, I've never heard an album and I guess it depends on how you rate the scale. Right. If the if the 100 no, is that, the I perfect mean, album, then, yeah. yeah, it's Michael Jackson Thriller and I can't beat it in my head. Yeah. Fair. fair. No, no pun intended. You know, I still find it so weird that uh, some like people that are really about the Beatles think that they have like a perfect album. You crazy? It's just you ever heard a top to bottom Beatles album? Yeah, I have. Exactly. And <laughs> it's, it's it's like I I can see where everything else that stemmed from it originated. Like I get it. Yeah. Right. But they were fucking psychedelic heads. Right. Some of their shit makes no goddamn sense. And that's okay. Exactly. Like the Grateful Dead, the Grateful Dead, fantastic band, right? Fantastic band. Not one of their albums is perfect. (laughs) You can't tell me a single one of their albums is perfect. Anyway, I'm getting off track. Um, Okay, let's let's leave this episode with. We did song recommendations after the Brockhampton episode, but we forgot to after the Jekyll episode. So, do you want to give a little shout out? Yeah, I do. Uh, I, I don't think we would have played it this episode, but if you hadn't heard uh, Quicksand by Murray, then what an enjoyable song for you to listen to. Definitely. Murray, who is featured on My Life. My Life, third track on the album. Yeah, That's right. And I'm going to give a shout out to, and I think instead of our typical outro slash intro music, I think I'll leave y'all off with a little teaser for the next episode we'll be recording. Olivia. So I'm going to leave y'all off with an Olivia Rodrigo song. Not one of the singles released prior to her album, but I will leave y'all with the opening track of Sour in Brutal by Olivia Rodrigo. 
Let it run. And with that, I've been Chris. And this is Devon. And this has been Notes for Notes. And I wish I'd done this before. And I wish people liked me more. brutal out of here. I feel like no one wants me, and I hate the way I'm perceived. I only have two real friends, and lately I'm a nervous wreck, cause I love people I don't like, and I hate every song I write, and I'm not cool, and I'm not smart.